We really love sharing a cup of something wonderful with our friends and neighbors. We don't all vote the same way or go to the same church. And I love that nail color on you, but I couldn't pull it off. We don't always agree, but we found that it's easier to understand someone when you sit heart to heart, cups in hand. There's room to share what God is brewing in me and what God's brewing in you, and then watch how that understanding infuses our lives. Welcome to You Brew You, the podcast. Today, Kim and I are interviewing our dear friend, Christy Orman. She is the wife of the great Alex Orman, mama to Cinny, who is a Beagle Dachshund mix. I'm pretty sure that I got that right. Did I get that right? Yeah, it's just two dogs long and half a dog tall. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, I met Christy. I met Christy as a young college student on a mission trip with Ebert Jones back in the day. And I met Christy... Uh, when I first came to the Diocese of Texas at a youth retreat called Happening, and she was so welcoming and wonderful. I didn't know anyone when I moved to Houston, and she just quickly took me under her wing, introduced me to everyone I needed to know, and was just so um, wonderful and hospitable. So my first memories are very warm, and they continue to be. <laughs> my favorite Christy Orman quote is, long story longer. She, yes. That, that's, that is classic Christy. <laughs> I may use that all the time. Um, and, but I usually give you credit. I usually give you credit. Just, just Copyright Christy. <laughs> <laughs> Christy's a Whovian who loves Polaroid pictures, office supplies, and is a social media guru. Um, she's the director of Q's, the Cathedral Urban Service Experience here in Houston at Christchurch Cathedral with a side hustle as the youth associate. During Hurricane Harvey, Christy was the Episcopal Diocese of Texas Relief Coordinator, helping to connect goods and services with folks in our city who desperately needed them. So scooch over and make some room at the table for our mm-hmm. sister friend, Christy Orman. Like when the sound goes in, like, wow. Yeah, well, <laughs> right? I think we, we may have to. She definitely add some claps. We'll, we'll definitely we add some claps. Do some audience. We'll see okay, if yeah, we can so get some claps. I don't need the applause. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. So, so our standard opener, you mm-hmm. or you question is, in in all seriousness, how are you today? Not the hey, how are you? Fine, but like, how are you feeling today? How you doing? I'm doing good today. It's, it's been a good day. I got to do the part of my job that I love and going out and like uh, checking on people who do amazing things. So I stop I do hope housing to see their new facility today. Mm. So I'm all energized. I have my crud uh, coffee from uh, from Honeymoon. And so I'm good. I am. Okay, I read that crude. Is, when you texted me, I was like crude. Well, like, it is crude, crud. It's C-R-U-D. So however, what does that mean though? Oh, it's like a chicory cold brew from Honeymoon. So Ooh. if you just, I just need it. I need that kind of cold oh. drink. Is what gets me going. Mm. Now, is there sweetener in it? It's a. It's already done. So it's yeah. like it has yeah. that kind of in it. Okay. Yeah. So it has milk. Ooh. It has a little sweetness, but it's the chicory that gets you. Yeah. Oh. That's like a good afternoon yes. coffee drink. Mm-hmm. Nice. I mean, a small one. I used to get a big one. Yeah. Too and, much. Then, and then you're just for three days, and yes. you're like, I'll see you on Tuesday. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I'm yeah. doing good. Doing good. Happy to be these chickadees. So, Christy, tell us who you are and what you do. I, I gave a, a bio, but, like, <laughs> who are you and what do you do? Well, um, in life, uh, yes, as you said, I am the sweet wife of Alex, and I spend 99% of my time at Christchurch. 
Um, so with the Q's program, we host urban mission. So we get the full urban immersion. So people come down, downtown H-Town and they stay downtown H-Town and they get fully immersed by getting on the light rail, getting on the buses and going to serve. So really our like goal is to serve the underserved. Doesn't matter what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter, you know, I really try to think outside the box of what you feel is a mission trip, mm -hmm. but really serving the people that need serving. And so it's been around for 10 years, so I can't take credit for it, but by golly, I really like it and I wanna keep it going. Um, and so, that's kind of what I do. My husband works right here at the Heinz Center next door, so I get some spiritual on both sides of the street. And so um, that's kind of what I do. And who who with, can come serve at the Oh, Q's? well, who can come serve? All the people. So what's great about it is that um, I kind of call it a service hostel, if you will. Like Ooh. I know, like, you kind know, of, hostel. Yeah. Like, that sounds very want, European. If yes. you want to come serve, we, we'll take you. If you're a MOPS group, if you're a group of homeschoolers, if you're a group that un enjoys underwater basket weaving and you want to add an element of mission to that, come on over. So wait a second. Oh, when you say those okay. words, MOPS and stuff like that, I'm thinking that you'll work with age groups. Mm, that's a great question, Carrie. Um, <laughs> so we will take as little as you got them all the way to as, you know, like 99, depending as on... As experience. As experience, yeah. <laughs> okay. So we have something for everybody. What we really try to do is instill a missional life, a missional mm -hmm. living, rather than voluntourism or just showing up, yay, take your photo, take your selfie, go back home, post it on all the things, and then go back to life. Right. So I really encourage our groups that come I encourage them to have a discussion beforehand, have a discussion, the same discussion, mm -hmm. while they're here, and then continue that discussion when they get home. So we, I would say a good majority of who we have are youth groups, right? We have right. our you know, junior high, high school. Um, but what's so great is after 10 years, we've made these relationships with probably over 20 different service sites. Yeah. So really, it's a... It's a um, we can mold it that works for your group. So say one day you have, you know, inter intergenerational where you have a mixture of second graders and 70 year olds, we can find a spot for you. If you have a group of, so our minimum is 14. Okay. We take 14 people, not age. Our largest is 30. Uh, we are, we do use the, the youth space at the cathedral, so we try to be good stewards of the space, so we, we max out at 30. Sleeping there, right? So they sleep there, they eat there, um, and so with that, but we take, so also places that take larger groups and places that can take smaller groups. So mm -hmm. we can split the group up if we need to. If we have groups that have younger folk and older folk, um, we can take half to different places but mm -hmm. the goal is to have to find places that are already communities that are already serving either with direct services or they're serving with community engagement mm -hmm. we help move their mission right we're not we're not creating the new wheel and it, it's a lot of my time that I go to the places and say what is it that you need right don't like we'll come but make it we want to 
want to be helpful. Right. We want to, just like with Hurricane Harvey, we don't want a pile of um, used underwear. Right. Okay. <laughs> we want to be helpful. We want to be helpful. Right. <laughs> That's what's great about podcasts is you can take the, the stuff out. Because use underwear, okay. You can take used underwear to Mercy Aid Coalition, right? But when you send pallets of ping pong balls, that's not helpful. Right. Right? And if we're like a month and a half out of the hurricane, we don't need water. Right? So we try to really work with the service sites and really find out what it is that would be useful and not just babysit the volunteers. Like we want to continue their mission and continue serving their people. I can, so. I can remember a few years ago in youth ministry, probably a lot more than a few, but where <laughs> somebody challenged me. I was like, we're going to go to X place and we're going to take beans and rice and we're going to make beans and rice packages. And they were like, have you asked the place if they really need beans and rice? And I was like, no, because that's what we've been doing for, you know, ever. We always do that. And they said, but have you asked? And, no. <laughs> And then I thought, maybe I should ask. I mean, but that's kind of an annoying thing. Why Why is she being, you know, such a stickler about this? And I called and they go, oh, thank God you asked. We are so inundated with beans and rice right now. What we really need is socks. And I was like, socks? Oh. Because I, I could have spent my budget on beans and rice that wouldn't have been helpful. And so you're really trying to meet the need based on on what they're saying they need, not what you think they need, right? Yeah, we're here to help, not to make your life harder. Right. And it sometimes takes the volunteer coordinator by, by surprise. Sometimes it takes me 45 minutes to get them to actually tell me what they need. So, so, so for example, so Meals on Wheels, they have an amazing program. They do, um, so they do meal delivery, and they also do Anna Meals on Wheels, and they, they were finding that a lot of the clients were feeding their food to their pets, so that they do that as well. And they have 400 birthdays a month. So one of your fun activities is making birthday cards and separating cookies and stuff. And I said, okay, you have people who want to do that. What do you actually, what can we do? And, oh, but that's okay. We can, I said, no. <laughs> I want to do, you want to, so one thing that people don't necessarily want to do is make sympathy cards. Mm. Because people have birthdays, but people have bad days too, or people go through something or have their family members or loved ones go through something. And they also need love and you know, with their meal. And mm. so we made around 300 sympathy cards. And you think, okay, how am I gonna get a second grader? Well, we made some pre-printed beautiful words and they colored and wrote a note. And that's as simple as it is. And so um, we had that as our rain plan for the summer. So if you can imagine, Houston, if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes because it'll be different. Like today, we had bright sunshine and pour down rain yep. for about 30 minutes and then it went away. So sometimes we get a little stuck uh, waiting for our service site in the rain, and so we have stuff like that to also fill in the space that we're utilizing our time for what people actually want or need. When you were talking about age ranges and, and such, mm -hmm. I thought to myself, how great would it be if you had a family that was like, I want to, you know, my whole extended family wants to come and serve oh, together. Yeah. And you've got grandma and you've got the grandkids and you've got aunts and uncles that, who could just come and, and serve for a weekend or a, or a week, right? Mm -hmm. Family reunion. Yeah. Come on over. Well, and you, you, have to, you host teams year round. Mm -hmm. That's what's great about it is that we're here. The need is all year. 
Right. We do have a very specific program that we do from May to August, which includes two interns and a whole package. Um, but we're here all year long um, to help you find some service places to go and to do a, to have the beds and to have the facility and to be close to the light rail as well. So we're here. The need is always here. So if I have a group who wants to come and sign up, how do I connect with you? How do I get get to Q's in Houston, Texas? Well, we have a great website, urbanserviceexperience.org, and I'm sure that these lovely ladies will put it in your doodad podcasties. In the notes. In show the notes. notes. Show notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and yes, it is to ease by each other. I promise it's right. But just click on their link. It'll be great. So... <laughs> Check out that, we have a calendar, so you can even go ahead and check it out and see if that, space, if that time is open. So do that, then you click on the interest form. Let me know who you are, where you are, how many you got, what ages you're working with, and that fun stuff. And then I get back with you and say, let's do it, love it. And then once we get the deposit, which is one night stay, Okay. right? And so we charge per person per night because we're still trying to help out people's budget with um, not just paying a flat fee, but you pay per person per night. Then we get the deposit going, we get the plan going, we make a completely um, uh, customized trip for your group with service sites that are gonna engage them. We might push you a little bit and try to see what else we can, opportunities you might not have thought of. Mm. And then um, then you prep your team, get them all excited and get them missional thinking. And then you come on out to Texas and Houston and come serve. The other piece that I love that you do, because I'm, <laughs> I'm a foodie, um, that mm. you talk about that because I love that. Yeah. Wow. So what's fun about what we do is, so you start your day off with some boring food, right? Because that's just breakfast. Yeah. Our intern course. So this is our fun summer program. So mm -hmm. between May and August, right? So in the morning, interns, you get two of them, show up, get breakfast going, you get your breakfast, you make your lunch, you head out, get on the light rail, get on the bus, go to your service site, rock the city, then eat your lunch while you're there. And then you head back and get ready for dinner. So dinner is going to be at a local ethnic restaurant. So we have amazing things like Bombay Pizza, which oh, is Indian so pizza, so delicious. And then we also have um, Nico Nico's Greek food. Um, so we try to find, and oh, the Vietnamese sandwiches. So we really try to also get you immersed in the city of Houston's, I mean, the food culture here is insane. It's so right. delicious. Oh yeah. my gosh. Find and anything you want. And then what I love about our program in particular that I can't take credit for, but um, after dinner, you, you come back, you have an entire third floor, including a projector screen, a projector, foosball table, pool table, and then you get to continue the teaching that you've already been teaching. So the programming at night is completely up to the group. They get to have a movie night or really dive deep into what they've done that day or watch a, watch a series of videos that they've been continuing. So it really helps really solidify that missional living that they've already been talking about before they came. Mm -hmm. So that's one piece of it. After you have the delicious food in your belly that are nice and full with mm -hmm. love, um, <laughs> then you get to do that as well. And then the next morning starts again. Right. Mm -hmm. 
So Christy, my office is right below where Q's groups stay. <laughs> and I know for a fact that you've got a group there right now. Because uh, every time somebody drops a pool ball, mm -hmm. I hear that kadonk, 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 kadonk in my That <laughs> is true. I, I do remind our sweet groups that uh, even in the summer, we, we still in office, and so that no dance parties till after 5 p.m. Right. Um, yeah, they're here from uh, University of Texas in Arlington doing some amazing Harvey work. So um, they're working with a couple different organizations here in town. And what's so great about um, the Harvey Relief and cues is that kind of the reason why I got to help was because I had these connections or I already had these relationships right. with these service sites. Um, and so when the rain was still falling, um, Barkley Thompson, our dean at the cathedral, gives me a call. And at the time, I had actually left for Austin. Um, I evacuated. Um, and so we were fine in the end. Um, and so he called and said, hey, um, you know, the weather's looking pretty bad here and, and we're going we're gonna to need to uh, get something going. Right. And what was such a bizarre thing with Harvey with, is that people didn't lose their cell phone reception. Like right. we flooded, we had horrible destruction, but we were still able to communicate. And so these eight churches... Um, got together and said, oh, I think that in the beginning they were just checking on each other. Right. Like, how are you doing? Like, do you need a bucket? Do I need to send you a boat? You know, right. how's the church doing? How's the, you know, how's all of our stuff? And then I think coming out of that saying, oh, like, we're okay. Right. Okay, boom, what can we do? And so they called me and said, can you help kind of just put together what assets we can offer? So that when the needs start piling in, we're ready to go. Right. And also, you know these different service sites. So we reached out. The first people we, we reached out to were the places that we serve with queues. We gave Sarah at New Hope Housing a call. How are y'all doing? We knew the beacon was out of power. And so we knew that they were going to need help once they got power back on. And so we were able to make those connections right from the get-go. So real quick, I'm just going to tell you these eight churches that right. rock stars. Please tell me. So we have um, your Christchurch Cathedral, right? <laughs> which um, is your cathedral. Which is right. your cathedral. Everybody's you know, cathedral. and I like to extend that out of our diocese because we just love everybody. Yep. Um, St. Mark's in Bel Air. We had um, Holy Spirit, which is actually my home church uh, growing up. Uh, St. John the Divine, St. Francis, Trinity here in Midtown, um, Palma Memorial and St. Martin's and so these were um, and what I love about it too is that any one of us could have said okay I got it like I'm gonna just do what I want to do on my square block or in my neighborhood but they saw the value added of coming together mm -hmm. and really saw that we don't have to do it ourselves. We, we have this amazing community in our diocese that has such beautiful people and, um, and resources to help. And so what my main job was to literally create an asset um, inventory. Right. And then, then following that, we were able to get me a Google number. So if you ever do any sort of anything that's going to involve your phone number, people out there, <laughs> lots, of, lots of people, honey. Get on the Googles. Uh, get a Google number. Don't give out your real number because eventually you're going to want to go back to real life. 
Right. So good that's, my, that's just a great right pro, t- pro tip. Pro tip. Pro tip. hack. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You can thank me later, as uh, Adrian wants to tip your waitresses. Um, and so we were able to also get people from all over the country. It was just beautiful. So I was able to not only get our own diocese saying, here's what we got. We have people can stay here. People can do this. Where can we show Pallets up? of water. Pallets of water. You know, 18-wheelers coming from all over. Um, or just love letters coming in, which is... Mm-hmm. And that's really what my main goal was to people who wanted to come and help um, and couldn't get here right. and trying to explain to them, like, we love you. You don't need to come right now, please. Um, and trying to help them work through their anxiety of not being able to muck out every single house right. that's today. infected. Today. You know? Right. Yeah, today. And so um, giving them the grace and love to them, they can go back to their parish and and help them figure out what they do well and how they can best help. Because um, we have these amazing places that can do amazing things, and if we can help them do the amazing things, we don't have to reinvent any wheel. Mm-hmm. Just like with cues, we don't reinvent a wheel. We're helping people who are doing great things. Right. Right. So I think... Um, Like, that's what, <laughs> I think sometimes rather than thinking, oh, like, I can create something amazing, just like the eight churches did in Q's, we go out and search and do some asset-based community, de- community development mm-hmm. and really see how we can bless and help thrive what's already there. So, I can remember post-Harvey, there was one point where a group of second or third graders sent mm-hmm. our boss, Barkley... Um, one dollar bills. They collected. I don't even remember how many it was, but it was a it was a good chunk of of one dollar bills that they had collected and sent because they wanted to be a part of Harvey Relief. And I I was just like, I need to I need to as a children's minister, I need to be thinking about those things. That what is it that we can do, right? Up, you know, to help in that particular situation. And um, I know that you are like just chock full of beautiful stories because it was just mm-hmm. one gift after another gift. Oh if you were going to share one with us, what would be one story that you'd share? Oh goodness. Um, so many. I mean, Walston alone was an amazing story. So, but I think my favorite story that I want to share today is um, because I think getting stuff, getting things was very difficult. Like, don't spend your money shipping Heavy things. Water. Water. Or, <laughs> right? Right. But there's something about a prayer quilt. And this one group even made queer, prayer squares, uh-huh. like little baby squares, and realized that people are trying to put everything they own in trash bags, and, and so one more thing, right? Right. And so there was this um, amazing group from, I believe it was Michigan? It was Michigan. It might have been Michigan. Shout um, out to yeah. the uh, birth state. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, that they sent some beautiful knitted, um, or quilted. They were both. Oh, I'm sorry. Knitted and quilted. Right. Oh my gosh. I've had pe- people who walk on my office and eyeball in it. And I'm like, this is for people, <laughs> people like, who have lost everything. Love it. Right. And so, um, 
So my favorite story is we were at, uh, so Lacey Largent was our pastoral care. So that woman's a rock star, by the way. Lacey Largent, you are. (laughs) Um, She was our diocesan pastoral care person. So she just spent her time hopping around the diocese giving love, right? Um, And so she and I went to um, St. George's in Texas City and they had this beautiful event called uh, Hope Festival. And it was very shortly after Harvey, I mean, within three months. And it was a place for people to come, like they had pony rides. I mean, this is what you needed. Like you needed some, some joy, relief. Some hope, yeah. So you had pony rides, you had, um, you know, sales of different stuff. But then Face you had, and all that yeah, stuff. yeah. And they also had about 15 different, um, organizations that were doing Harvey help. So you had like Catholic Charities was there, you had um, the diocese, we had a table, Um, FEMA was there to help. So all these places that were gonna also help you get where you needed to be, but also some fun. Like that's what what was so hard is, I just don't wanna talk about it right now. Like I just wanna go take my kids who, you know, just want to hang out and just want to not talk about or look yeah. at their house with all the soggy stuff or look at half cut. I love that photo of the Astros game with the cut walls mm. cut out and people just living their life and trying to get there. Yep. So long story longer. <laughs> uh, we have a table set up with these beautiful prayer shawls and these beautiful that have been blessed and loved. Um, and then we have a couple other things to give away as well. And just, you know, some pastoral love. And the first person who comes over to our table, she sees a prayer shawl, and she picks it up, and and she holds it in her hands. It was a quilt, right? It was a, um, yeah. And so she um, says something like it reminded her of one that she had from her grandmother, and it was no longer with her. It had been stolen or missing or who knows what. And she just looked at it so longingly. And so... As I was trying to tell her, like, please, you can, you know, and she started putting it down, and I said, no, you can have this. Like, what do you mean? Like, here. And so she said something along the lines of, like, oh, well, we weren't really, you know, nothing really, and we didn't lose everything. We didn't lose everything, and so we were trying to explain to her that um, you're here. Here's a hope festival. Like, we're, we're here to give you back hope. Like, this is... Whether you lost <coughs> Whether you or lost not. everything or not. And so... When it finally clicked, and you could see her eyes click, and then she asked, like, how much is it? And then I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) I go, this was made and blessed for you. And the second that that hit her, that she didn't have to, like, give paperwork to prove it. I think at that time, you know, give paperwork to prove how horrible your life was at the moment to get anything. Yeah. She didn't have to prove anything. She didn't have to... um, pay for it she didn't have to no justification there was no right? justi- like this just like god's love you don't have to earn it like ah, this is yours take that she just burst into tears yeah and i think it was i think at that time people were still holding their breath yeah it was still very much high and i think some people are still living and they have not exhaled since yeah. august yep. yeah and so but just the fact of seeing that that like just oh, like this was, I can have this, and this is made for me, mm-hmm. and just, that was it. Like that was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we think we have to be 
the way we're supposed to be or whatever to get that grace or love from God, and you don't. I want to give a shout out to my cousin Sherry's oh. quilting group, who was yes. the, were the folks that sent those, and ha- how the the ripple effect of knowing what they'd made and sent in blind faith yeah. to to Houston that looked on all maps like it was falling apart, right? Yeah. Just believing that what they had done would matter to someone. And that little, that, that story right there was like a seed that, because you ended up getting more boxes. It wasn't mm-hmm. like you got one shipment of quilts and, and blankets. It was like multiple... I feel like every time I turned around, there was another large box of them, I, and I was like, "I may have still in my yeah. office." I'm well, and, but but the need is still there, mm-hmm. and and we still are are encountering folks who need that that wink that says from God, "I'm still watching. I'm mm-hmm. still paying attention to to your point of greatest need," and um, I love that so much. So I've worked with Q's multiple times with different age groups, and this past week, my church, St. Mark's and Bel Air, got to enjoy working alongside Q's and a lot of uh, uh, three of the organizations that Q's partners with a lot. And my favorite was working with Farmer Joe. So tell me a little bit about him and his ministry and his nonprofit. He. Look, if you are not excited about agriculture or (laughs) soil that's steeping and steaming, if that, like, you don't think you're going to get excited about that and you think having an afternoon outside sweating in the urban jungle of Houston, your life has changed. I mean, I now will stick my face, like, in the flower. You just want to become one with it. Yes. So... What he does is, so he works with 15 different urban farms in Houston, like right. Houston proper. And, like. and sometimes the groups show up and they're like, wow, there's a farm here? Like edible farming, like edible, and someone has put that together. And so a big chunk of um, uh, what he does, so he actually works for the city of Houston, but he has had a long love affair with um, urban farming. And so this is his passion. And when he retired, so I used to work with him when he was still having, he still had this as a side hustle, but now he has retired and he is giving all of his love. So one of the group options is to go to these urban farms and to hear about sustainability and to offer as well, offer fresh produce in the middle of food deserts that are in Houston and he has some of the community comes out and helps him with his farms as well as volunteers um, and if you can imagine a lot of water and a lot of wind didn't do so great with his farms so he's got some rebuilding but he he's magical i, I don't even know like i am not, i don't mind getting dirty but i'm not like i would ugh. I don't do well with plants. Like, they're going to die. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't mean to kill them. No, right. I don't. I just do it. I, yeah. You know, but I'm never like, ooh, give me some galoshes and a diggy hole. I mean, I don't literally. I either over. Our, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, on our lunch break while we were serving this week with Farmer Joe, I was Googling at home, like, vegetables. I, I Googled 10 easiest vegetables to grow, and then I talked to him about it. I was like, literally, 
the only plant that lives in my house is ivy because you can like bring it back to life every three <laughs> resurrection weeks, is, if you will yes like essentially what i do with my poor ivy plants and so um he like took time to talk to one person in this group of like I, there was like 50 people serving all together on wednesday this week talking about the easiest vegetables to grow and the most nutritious vegetables to grow and if you're trying to feed a family how much should you plant and all this kind of stuff and it was just he's passionate about ending hunger mm -hmm. he's passionate about food security mm -hmm. and that's such a problem everywhere all over the world and we potted like planted potatoes which is how you grow potatoes we planted didn't know that exactly <laughs> before this week. I go to the grocery. But, yeah. <laughs> but he had a sack, of, you know, 20 pound sack of potatoes, and we planted 137 potato plants that people in the community can take home and grow multiple potatoes from the potato and feed their families and mm -hmm. feed their neighbors. And right. he just, the whole time it was so great. Serving with him is a gift because he doesn't tell you exactly what to do. He just says, here's our projects. Go find what you want to do. And so it's a little crazy at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But he does that on purpose because he each person gets to find, identify their serving place. And the whole time he just walked around encouraging us and saying, isn't this great? And teaching us, there should be no hunger if we share. There right. should be no mm -hmm. hunger if people are equipped to know mm -hmm. how to grow and how to be food secure, especially in places of our city and of the world that aren't secure in that way. And so it was just... Loaves and fishes right there. Yeah. It was mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, he definitely has the mindset of if you have abundance, build a bigger table, not a bigger wall. Like, give uh -huh. it to the community. He... Wow. Because... If you if you've not received food from like a uh, pantry pantry, it's very difficult to get fresh produce. Right now, our, our, we are very spoiled here with our um, Houston Food Bank. They are really big on produce, and they are like a you know world renowned uh, food bank. But it's very difficult to get fresh produce, and so not just depending on that, but actually being able to grow your own and right. being, and having that supplement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, he was just inspiring, and that's what I think is so great about the Q's program and what you guys are doing because it's developmentally appropriate for the ages of people that are serving um, with Q's, and it's also partnering with organizations, like you said, who are already doing amazing things in our community, mm -hmm. and so we're furthering the mission instead of repainting a wall that the has been painted time. by the 10 <laughs> groups before. And I'm sure we've all been on mission trips or served in places where we just felt babysat but mm -hmm. as volunteers. But serving with Q's, and I really encourage all of you to check out their website and see you know, when you and your group could come because mm -hmm. you are actually valuable as a volunteer to the missions of these groups mm -hmm. that we work with and because you guys continue to build a relationship and partner with them. And so... Um, everything's intentionally planned around who your group is. I was one of those groups that had both a five-year-old and an 84-year-old <laughs> wow. on the same day. And Q's found places for us to serve where we were. Every person on our team was valued and utilized. And so it was a really great thing. We're going to have a lot of links in the notes mm -hmm. to some of the places that you've talked about. Yeah. 
But how do people connect with you on socials? Oh my goodness. Okay, so um, we have on Instagram and Twitter, it's at, everyone's got that? <laughs> uh, it's Q's Houston. So C-U-S-E-H-O-U-S-T-O-N. So also it's fun to look on there because one of the things we do is an Insta hunt to get our folk uh, familiar with light rail and bus systems or the light rail really, um, public transportation. And so you can kind of see our fun exploring Houston. If you just look on our Instagram account, it's a barrel of fun. So um, pictures will say it all. So check out. <laughs> well, it shows you a lot of Houston. Yeah. And the first time I went uh, a long time ago, um, I went with a church with Sarah Taylor from Holy Spirit from West Houston. Mm-hmm. And it was not, I was from Houston. So you people that live in Hustletown, like you can see a whole different side. I was floored right. from, you know, from seeing the difference and seeing the city. You see it from a whole different perspective and it's beautiful. And just miles away. Oh, just, just, yeah. just down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Groups, groups from Christchurch Cathedral even oh, serve with yeah. you. <laughs> and, and I'm sure that the students and adults who serve from Christchurch Cathedral, even though it's a, an, a ministry of their church, they still learn so much about right. the city. Because they drive in. They don't take a bus or a light. Yeah, absolutely. Christy, we like to do at the very end what we call a warm-up, like the waitress is walking by mm. with the cup pot of coffee and she's like can I give you a warm up can I top you off and so um, want to ask you what the first question what's your favorite drink and how do you take it okay so most days it's gonna be some sort of cold brew whether it's this amazing new fangled nitro cold brew look oh, at that love good. it um, like I have my cold crud crude from honeymoon <laughs> Um, but then if I'm going the other way, I do a London Fog. Oh, that Ooh. is so good. I like, you got to throw stuff in what there. What is it? I, so London, oh, London Fog is pretty much like a tea latte. Okay. Um, and then, but it's fun because when you order it, each place is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I definitely have like white tea. Like mm-hmm. I like it. Just throw it all in there. That's good. You know? mm-hmm. But usually if I had to go for a hot drink, that's coffee, it's gonna be a peppermint soy latte. Ooh. I know. I have all <laughs> give me one yeah, drink. All the drinks. Give me one drink that you like. She's and not I'm gonna give sister. you three. <laughs> yeah. Well it's like morning drink list, yes. afternoon drink list. Well yeah. that's red and wet, right? Is that, yes. is that what you say? <laughs> give me red <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. It's so true. It's okay. Carrie and I both like a good glass of red oh, wine. Mm. Yes we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are you reading or listening to right now that you're loving? Okay, so I'm the kind of person that has a stack of books that will probably kill me on my bedside table. So I'm reading reading too many things. But I am kind of like new to the podcast. Like I listen to NPR forever, but I don't know how I like missed the boat on how to do podcasts or listen to them. So, but I've been listening to uh, Jen Hatmaker's For the Love, um, and then Two Priests in a Pod, hilarious. 
Um, and so I try to do those in like the TED hour, like those kinds of ones that I feel like can educate me, mm -hmm. but also I do listen to the ones that can inspire me. Mm -hmm. So I do, um, and then I just read here, I, I just finished reading A Wrinkle in Time right. for a uh, book club that I'm in, but it's all, there's just so many. Well, we're in it. We're in it. Oh, we're in it. <laughs> all three uh, of us are, uh, are supposed <laughs> members of supposed <laughs> Not just Thursdays. I try to do it every day. Cool. And it's, you know, so it's, 
I'm saying this out loud so that I keep myself accountable. Do you find that once you write it down, you're more likely to really let something go? Oh, absolutely. Because, and then, but then also giving myself the grace to write that thing down twice. Yeah, or <laughs> today, in my case, it's like 18 times. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and so then I have like, um, with you know, all the things is, I have my wearables, uh, Anglican rosary. So it's just a miniaturized, you just go, you can't see it. Maybe we'll put it in the notes. Yeah, Jenny. Yeah. Um, so I try to also, I need to like tangible things mm. to help me stay centered or to come back to focus and whatnot. And so I have usually an alarm on my watch that goes off at three o'clock. And it used to be an alarm that if I haven't um, taken a break from my desk or eaten lunch yet, I do oh that. Oh my gosh, girl. And so now I really take it as taking a deep breath and doing maybe a, um, a rosary. A cycle of the rosary. A cycle, thank you. Well, and what's so neat about these practices that you've chosen to implement is that they keep you your best you so mm -hmm. that you can serve the people Get it, that girl. you serve. Yep. And because mm -hmm. you equip through your role as a huge director I, I, thousands of people mm -hmm. to be able to help others throughout the year. So you're doing the hard work of calling around and finding the jobs and checking the need and getting down to the real need past the service <laughs> need. Right, right. And these things that you've implemented in your life keep you centered and the best you and remind you why you're doing it. And that's such an inspiration to those of us who feel busy. Yeah. And not, and feel and figuring out what works for you. Like you see someone else and you're like, ooh, I want to do that. And you feel guilty you can't do it. And you're like, no, I'll do what works for me. And that's why I love your podcast too is to share what works for you and don't it's okay that it's not the same that they're you know so well, I love that one of the one of the things that I love about the Diocese of Texas is and this was something that I learned early on um, when I came here I would meet with another children's minister or youth minister or whatever I'd be like that's a great idea and they'd say take it and I thought well do, do I need to give you some money for that or whatever and they were and somebody wish I could attribute it to one person in particular, but this was a general se sentiment um, around the diocese, and still in a lot of ways is. Mm -hmm. If it's not nailed down, steal it. Like, yeah. that idea is not my intellectual property. Right. Like, this is what God has designed me to do, and so if if this is something that speaks to you or, or will work in, in your setting, take it. It's yours. And, I, and I've seen that happen around the diocese over and over and over again, and it feels so good to know that we're a group of folks that just really are about kingdom building mm -hmm. and making connections with people. Um, well, in that economy of abundance, yes. there's always enough yes. and more. Yes. Christy, it's been a joy. Thank you so much for your time and for yeah. sharing, sharing a cup of something with us. Hey, anytime hanging out with you two chickadees. Thanks for listening to You Brew You, the podcast, with your host, Kim, and my mom, Carrie. The idea for this podcast was brewed over a cup of tea between me, my name's Carson, and my mom. Artwork by Jenna Cook and They Made Designs. You Brew You social media coordinator is Kim Thompson. Special thanks to our podcast fairy godmother, Sue Jolly. 
Ron Lesner is the editor. And my dad. Music for this podcast by Tori McClure. Fangirling! You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at YouRooYou and on our website at YouRooYouPodcast.com. I'm Carson and I'm off to put the kettle back on to boil again. See you next time. Toodles!